Good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 426. My name is Eric Nelson. With me today, I have my co-host, Elsa Mayer. Elsa, how's it going today? Going great. Now, you did drive by the Bay again today, uh, yeah, so we amazing. get the, the Bay Area report from Elsa. How's it going? Uh, it was drizzling a little bit, so it was kind of, kind of cool to see the, the rain hit the water. We've, we're continuing to fill up our reservoirs. I saw our reservoirs were like 89, 90% full, so that's good. Nice. So what's the color? It was it was dark gray again. Um, yeah, dark gray again. Dark My gray. car is clean now, so that's great. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> On the show today, we have Eric Schulten. Uh, Eric Schulten is a cloud management specialist for VMware. He works for uh, VMware in the Netherlands. Uh, he's here. He's uh, also a blogger. He's part of the Blogby program. He's, I think, also the expert, if I were to guess. And uh, he authored a great blog article that we thought we'd talk about today called The Realized Lifecycle Manager Puts a System in Out of Work. So um, we'll talk a little bit about his blog and what uh, what he's been up to. And uh, he His blog is on www.vmguru.com. So we'll get to him in a minute, but first we'll do a little bit of the news, what's new, uh, in the community ecosystem before we get going with Eric. So, uh, so news. Elsa, uh, lots of stuff going on. V experts finally ramping, ramping down. I think we got all the awards up and all the licenses loaded in the system. So things are kind of calming down for V experts, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely still a lot of action on Twitter, though. That's the one thing that hasn't hasn't died down. So fun to see all the excitement. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, I still log in and get like 50 notices yeah, exactly. and four messages. We're still cleaning up the last set of people that have said, hey, how come I didn't get to be a V-Expert? Uh, we have had some bugs in the platform, so we're searching through those to see whether you know somebody got left out or there's a bug in the platform, so tracking those down. I think I only have three or four left in my queue to go and take a look at and invite people in or not, uh, so we'll probably get to those by the end of the week, so hold tight if you're a V-Expert and you've... Uh, you wondered why you didn't get the expert award this year. It could very well be that it was just one of the one of the platform bugs, or it could be that uh, you didn't do any work in 2017. But I'm still going through those. 90% of the people were just kind of there was things that fell through the crack either on the um, eval uh, side of the house where we're looking at you, or notice it didn't go out properly, or there's one or two we just didn't understand why at all. We didn't weren't weren't a V expert didn't get notified. Uh, or we didn't get your app in. So we're processing all those, so that's good. On the VM world side of the house, things are starting to ramp up there. Uh, we are going to be running. We met with uh, Alistair Cook on the VM10 V Brown Bag side of the house. We're going to have uh, papers again there. Looking forward to all the V Brown Bag sessions. Um, and I think Alistair has got his call for papers out uh, on V Brown Bag, so you can go over there if you've got a community paper. Uh, the call for main papers, I think, are closed, and we're working on uh, session evaluations. There's SMEs doing the evaluations on all the all the main paper evals, so uh, stay tuned there. Those will be out sometime in the next month or two. I uh, don't know the schedule on that, but those are going through. Uh, I know the VMTN uh, sessions are out there, and I know we do have some passes for people that absolutely have no other way to get to VMworld and we might be able to get you passes. Plus, we're going to be looking at bloggers uh, and doing blogger allocation, blogger passes, part of the BlogBee program uh, for blogs.vmware.com. So 
Uh, Elsa, I know you're, we've been talking to you about, you know, what qualifies for a blogger pass this year. We do look at the number of blogs, the articles you did last year, right? Yeah, we, we look at a couple different items, mostly number of blogs and also uh, kind of engagement in the community and, and um, how, how much those blogs have circulated. So right. we're excited to start handing those up. Yep, so if you got a blogger pass last year and you only wrote one blog from VMworld or maybe two, yeah, you could be at risk, but if you've been blogging all year and you've blogged at VMworld, then you're in probably pretty good shape to qualify for some of those. Definitely. Yep. Um, so let's see. That's uh, VMworld's going on as as expected. We have uh, the experts ramping down. Uh, we do have some code work that we're doing. So um, VMware, the developer program, uh, we are we are going to have a DevOps track this year. So if you're a code member, um, watch out for the DevOps tracks uh, when, when Schedule Builder comes out. Also, we're looking at doing some developer sessions, uh, maybe even having an extra theater uh, in the community space dedicated to um, DevOps type topics, the REST APIs, the hackathon. I know we're obviously getting ready for the hackathon again this year. Uh, we're looking at Hacker Earth this year to run some of the hack hackathons through a, a tool. Uh, that allow you to do team management and that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of work going on there. So everything's ramping up for code, for brown bag, for the community activities uh, for VMworld uh, 2018. So it should be, should be a good year. So we're doing that as well. That's it for the news. So we can move on to our guest, uh, Eric Schulden, uh at VM Guru. So Eric, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, thanks for being a V expert. Thanks for being a, a blog beat uh, blogger. Um, so why don't we all we always do? Who are you? Uh, how long have you been in the at VMware in the VMware ecosystem? And uh, maybe how long have you been blogging? Tell us a little about yourself. Uh, so I've been um, I started in IT I think 20 years ago, and uh, when the first version of ESX came out like 15 years ago when VMware just started. I got involved with VMware at a VMware partner I was working at the, at, at the time. Um, have been doing very uh, many VMware projects during my, uh, the, the, that, what is it, 12, 13, 15 years. And uh, almost four years ago, um, I joined VMware as a as a cloud management specialist. Um, so I'm responsible in the in the Benelux for everything be really nice. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, how long have you and been then, blogging? Um, I think blogging is also something we uh, or yeah we we do it as a group. Um, so uh, I think last week or two weeks ago, you had Martine on. Um, he's right. also one of the guy, one of the guys writing uh, at our website. Um, but it started as a little bit of a, of a joke or a um, uh, a means to uh, document all the things we were doing, like a, a personal archive. Um, we were uh, four or five colleagues at the time, and uh, it, it started uh, started li li like a yeah, like a hobby project, but it got a little bit out of hand. I, I can see that. I know that uh, some of us have blogs running, and it's mostly just to have a voice, right? So that, and and a, a little bit of a joke, as you say. Like sometimes I have something snarky I want to say, or I I got a I got an opinion that I know I can't uh, talk about publicly at VMware, but uh, if I write some blog articles, I can kind of 
get my message out. Um, and then, you know, it can take off from there. So uh, that's kind of neat, uh, writing about things that you guys are working on. Um, so the VM Guru blog is, is, is then created by several of you that in the Netherlands that are then just writing about uh, things that you're working on. Yeah, um, we we worked together for a long time at, at, at different VMware partners. Um, then I joined VMware, um, and I uh, quickly after me uh, a new uh, cloud management colleague also started. Um, he also wanted to become a V expert and and have a way of documenting everything he encountered during proof of concept, etc. And so it's 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 grown a little bit. So Martin joined a few years ago. Dimitri joined a year ago, um, and he made the expert this year. So that's very cool. Very nice. Yes, I can see that. Um, all right. So getting onto your article now. Um, v realize lifecycle management puts assisted men out of work. Right. Um, we caught this article, and we 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 look at the the blogging stream all the time. Also spends time looking at the articles and flagging interesting ones that either have a, a great title, which I think yours does, or actually has good content as well and you know, and fits the what the narrative of what we're talking about. And we have been talking about moving sysadmins from being, you know, IT practitioners setting up machines, configuring machines, setting up VMs and managing them to automation, uh, as well as DevOps and Stepping up that stack, right? Uh, and I think your your article here talks a little bit about how the realized lifecycle management does put a system out of work. So maybe you can talk a little bit about the you know the article, your title, what what the strategy is around that article, and, and then we'll get we'll we'll dive into the article. So um, actually, the 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 or the title of the article is a little bit out of uh, my my everyday life. So. Um, because I'm a cloud management specialist, I talk a lot about uh, uh, realized automation. And um, a lot of times it's like you're talking to the turkey about Christmas. Um, like you're talking to sysadmins, how to automate their job. And most of the time, or a lot of the times, the reaction is, um, so you're here to automate my job and uh, kick me out. Um, it's a little bit of a difficult discussion because um, I hear a lot of uh, people saying, no, you can do uh, a better job or nicer work or it's a little, little bit difficult. That's assuming that they don't like their work or don't like what they're doing. Um, but that's the discussions I have on a regular basis when I talk about automation. And when I wrote this article, um, this is a little bit in, in the, same, the same path. Um, and um, like you said, it's it's no longer um, installing machines, installing Windows, configuring that. Um, and as uh, maybe a lot of listeners listeners know, setting up a whole Vrealy stack is uh, can be quite demanding. I, when we do it at a proof of concept, it it usually takes. Well, if you do it a qu- a quick, you, it takes you a, a two days sometimes um, and and this is like the uh, like all the initiatives like VMA cloud on AWS VMA cloud foundation it's making the infrastructure or setting up the infrastructure easier um, and and I think I think it's great it's um, it's a great addition to the Virilas portfolio um, 
and um, I've be, just been in a call with co- colleagues from the CMBU. Um, I know there's a lot of great stuff coming. Uh, I, I was hoping it would have been here uh, when we had this uh, this call. Um, unfortunately, it has not been released yet, so can't say much about it. But um, uh, if you like to realize Lifecycle Manager 1.1, 1.2 is even better. Even better. So, right. um, yeah. You never know. We never know when a release is really going to hit us or come out. Um, so, you know, let's talk a little bit. You know, I, I have worked with a lot of people, uh, IT admins, and the reality is when you start to do automation, you're not really a turkey. It's just you're going to have to go play in a different pasture, right? Um, you, yeah, there is job is up leveling, right, to where you can do automation, which then frees you up to do other other types of work. Uh, and there seems to be plenty of work around, especially when you look at the networking, infrastructure, security, um, and then you know management automation itself, right, takes a, a bit of work to do, but it just scales you to the point where you can do more uh, and things up the stack. Um, so the realized lifecycle manager, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about what a POC looks like from your perspective when you come in and you start to engage with sysadmins. Uh, if you haven't done automation yet, uh, how, how do you get started with V-Realize Lifecycle Manager? Um, V-Realize Lifecycle Manager is actually quite quite easy, uh, even if you, uh, or especially when you compare it to the other V-Realize products. Um, you, you, you start by, by just installing the V-Realize Man, uh, Lifecycle Manager appliance. Um, Pointing it to your repository where your uh, where the realized operations and automation um, OVAs are located, um, connected to your MyVMware account, and um, you're off creating a, a realized environment. Um, so you you configure it, connect it to the um, to your vCenter server, and uh, when you're you're done, you 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 give the the command to realize lifecycle manager to um, to deploy your uh, deploy a new environment, and it's deployed according to the VM, VMware validated designs. So um, it's it's uh, battle tested. Um, so it's 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 pretty easy to 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 set up and to to have a whole realized environment uh, set up. Uh, normally, when I do a proof of concept, um, I have to set up all the different components like realize automation, realize operation, business, login, sign. I have to set them up separately, um, integrate them all together, um, and VRealize Lifecycle Manager does most of their work for you. So that that's, uh, makes my, my work a lot easier. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So the whole thing uh, installed. Um, some of the stuff that you call out in your blog article, which you know is on www.vmguru.com, um, 2017 slash 12 slash Lifecycle Manager. Just go to vmguru.com and, and search for it. Uh, good article. It is titled The uh, Lifecycle Manager Puts a System in Out of Work. Uh, but then you get into kind of like the features of Lifecycle Manager 1.1. I know we can't talk about 1.2 yet, but uh, you list in the blog In Product Sorry. Marketplace. Maybe we can talk a little bit about In Product Marketplace. What is that? What um, what does that give you uh, in, in, in the product? And then we'll get into configuration drift for redemption. I'm curious about that one. But let's talk about in-product marketplace yeah. first. What is So the in-product marketplace is a, is a very easy way to get content into especially realized automation. Um, 
normally when you install a vRealize automation environment, um, you have to set it up, blah, blah. It takes you uh, a day, two days. Um, right. and, w and when you have it all set up and configured, it's still a blank canvas and uh, you have to create content. Um, right. The, the in-product marketplace is a, is a very easy way to get content into VRealize Automation. Uh, so at VMware, we, all, uh, we have the, um, the VMware Solutions Exchange where you can download blueprints. You have the VMware Code website where you can download uh, blueprints. Um, you can import those using the, um, the cloud client. Um, so the, the content there um, you can import it, but it's still a manual process. And the in-product marketplace is a marketplace in Revealize Lifecycle Manager, uh, which lets you just select the blueprint you want. So you have, uh, for instance, blueprints for Windows servers, for um, LAMP stacks, for Tomcat servers, uh, a whole range of, of um, ready-to-go blueprints. Um, you, you download them in the in-app marketplace, and then you just import it into uh, VRealize Automation, and you're ready to go. So you don't have to create all the content from scratch. You can just, from the in-product in marketplace, you can just import it, um, customize it to your needs, and, uh, and, and use it. So it's a, it's a great way to get up and, and, and running very fast. Right. So uh, the so one I got I guess I got to understand is this a template that just talks about the package you know all the dependencies you need for that solution or is it actually the bits of the solution as well right so if there's a Tomcat there or some other you know uh, Nginx or whatever is it the bits or is it just a template that defines the bits that's it it's it's a, a good question it's 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 the blueprint so it's the the um, how do you say that? The, the, the way you build your IT service. Um, right. you, have, you have to configure um, the building blocks from your own environment to suit right. that blueprint. So it's um, like a visual drawing of, of the environment yeah. you want to build, the IT service. And uh, if you want to use a, uh, or it uses a, a Linux VM to uh, install Apache on, you uh, point it to the uh, template or the uh, snapshot of the VM you want to use for that in your own environment. Um, the, the stuff like Apache, etc., it is downloaded from the internet, or maybe you have your own repository. Point it to your local repository, and uh, you're good to go. So it's the <laughs> blueprint of the IT service, and you provide the building blocks. Right, right. Which is uh, eliminates all the problems we've had of you know. Uh, this is where you're just managing the templates, but then you also have to keep track of where your bits are, what versions you're using in your own enterprise. Uh, but it gives you that template, gives you a starting point for the templates of those solutions, and then and then you know you have to connect that to your to your bits, the delivery of your bits. But then that that allows you to have you know be responsible for the bits, which is better than just managing complete appliances because complete appliances the reason those were always difficult is that the bits were out of sync with what your enterprise wants to deploy, right? So. Having the template, it makes sense. So uh, these kind of like a marketplace just gives you really product marketplaces for templates, which is which is really nice. I like that. Yeah, and you also you yep. also eliminate the the difficulty with with licensing. So you cannot provide all the software due due to licensing uh, restraints, and now you're just using the blueprints and you provide the 
licensed uh, uh, building blocks. Right. Perfect. And so you have a set of these. Most enterprises would actually then have to go and build some of their own blueprints as well, right? Because you're going to have custom solutions that you're actually deploying uh, in, in the lifecycle manager product. Uh, but that makes sense. Next thing on your on your blog, you talk a little bit, and they, this is all on your blog. So I'm just I'm just marching down through your blog, which I think is a is a great blog. Uh, configuration drift redemption. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about what that is? Um, EDA. You can use it in, in yeah, sorry. Um, you can use it in in many different ways. So um, I have customers that. Uh, in their environment, set up one uh, uh, one environment, one, uh, especially vRealize uh, automation, one vRealize automation environment. But I also have larger customers who have a test, dev, and production environment for the vRealize automation. Um, the first customer who only have one environment um, use drift remediation to guard that the configuration that's running at the moment is still the configuration that they put in production weeks, months, years ago. So you can easily see what has been changed uh, from a working, a working situation uh, in, in case you have problems, for instance. Um, with the larger customers uh, which have, who have a, a test dev production environment of VRealize automation, for instance, um, you can use drift remediation to ensure that the environments uh, or the test dev environments are um, real uh, uh, representations of the production environment. So if you test and develop a blueprint or an environment or an IT service, um, you know that once it leaves the, the uh, dev environment and it goes into production, um, you don't have any issues in production that are caused by uh, a different configuration if you realized um, uh, in the dev or test environment. So you can like have a, have a template for your vRealize environment and um, just uh, enforce the template on your environment. So not for VMs, but for your infrastructure. All right. I kind of get that, right? I think I think I haven't used the product, but I I believe that that's that does. Um, appliance management and reporting, suite configuration. That's what you mentioned. Troubleshooting, realize infrastructure issues. Um, what is the? I, I still don't understand what the tool does for you there. Then, sorry, what the tool does for you? Where? Yeah, in in the troubleshooting in the, in the, part. Yeah, in the troubleshooting piece. Um, when you set up your environment and you configure and test it, and it's uh, and, and it's it's working like you uh, you expect it to it to be working, um, you can create a like a, a snapshot of your environment, and right. when in the in in the uh, weeks, months, years after that, you apply changes to your infrastructure, so to your realize automation uh, environment, for instance, and all of a sudden it stops working, you can just take the original uh, uh, template, com compare it to your running situation, and you can see immediately what has changed and what uh, uh, could possibly be the cause of your, um, of your problems. 
Got so it. it's more okay. troubles, troubles, troubleshooting in the infrastructure part than it is on the um, IT services uh, virtual machine part. Right. Okay. I got that now. Yep. So I'm like that called checkpointing, right? When you're checkpointing your environment and then being yep. able to yep. check. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Uh, support for delete environment. Uh, that's next in your blog. So maybe we should talk a little bit about that. What does that look like? Yeah, that's, that's like a... Um, a little bit of a pain point in um, version one of the uh, lifecycle manager. Um, you could create an environment and try to deploy it to your vSphere environment, um, but um, nine, of, nine out of 10 times the first time it would, it would fail because you forgot to configure something. Or, uh, you were unable to delete that environment, so you ended up with uh, many environments in your realized lifecycle manager environment, um, which didn't do anything, which failed, um, uh, but were in the interface and you um, you weren't able to get rid of that. So, uh, right. so man it's, managing uh, managing your templates and deleting them out okay, allows you to clean them up. That just reminds me of WordPress and my templates that were running in WordPress where. You know, we have like 20 different old versions of the templates and we're afraid to delete anything because once you've had it there for a while, you're not even sure what the dependencies are on some of these old ones. Does it get into like if you're deleting something or do we have you know, systems that are uh, dependent on those templates or really isn't a dependency because once you deploy from a template, you, you don't really uh, have a dependency any longer. It's just messy in your GUI. Yeah, it's it's a and it's it, it's something that should have been in in 1.0, but uh, for some reason we didn't put it in there. So, um, and that was a, a pain point for a lot of uh, a lot of customers. I, mean, I heard a lot of people complain that they tried to get Realize Lifecycle Manager up and running, um, which took them uh, a, a few tries to get a deployment of an environment and. Um, uh, all the mistakes before that, you could not you could not delete that. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I think it's a, this is less about putting sysadmins out of work and more about giving sysadmins more work, right? Um, where you're you're managing all your all your templates, but it does you would have to do this manually, and so this this allows you to actually probably be a little bit more dynamic on what you can provision and allow you to provision more solutions. So expanding. What you could provision because of this, because of the whole automation, uh, the Lifecycle Manager app, you could actually increase the number of payloads that you could actually have sitting around ready to de uh, deploy, which would make you more responsive to the business. I would assume. Yeah, correct. Um, we have a lot of customers using the, like the the, the simpler Realize products, like Realize Operation, Log and Site, um, but automation. Um, and and uh, realize code streams. They have a, people look at them as being difficult and complex, and um, that's a lot of the times why people don't start doing uh, infrastructure automation. And I think this will get them over that threshold, which makes the the implementation of this environment much much easier. And like you say, you, you get your time um, to align with your business, um, create services that your business really wants. You, you, it's not putting the sysadmins out of work. They're getting a different job, and you get a lot of 
new titles that you couldn't be be thinking of a few years back. Um, I was at a customer a few weeks ago who started a or created a new function um, like uh, uh, cl not cloud management but cloud marketing, and the the function was that um, the guy had to go into the or to the business and see what um, what IT services they could deliver using VRealize automation um, to their end customers that would be really of benefit to them. So it's it's a whole it's um, the work's still there, but it's uh, it's a different job. It's uh, yeah more challenging, I think, but it's yeah it's uh, up to everyone. Are you still there, Eric? It looks like Eric uh, um, has uh, oh, Eric disappeared for some dropped off. Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's wait for him. Let's wait for him to get back. Yep. In internet glitch in Palo Alto. It's a uh, talk shoe random feature. Ah. on his way back in. <laughs> Very true. Has Luckily. not flatlined yet. Luckily not. Hey, hey, we're back. We're back. Don't know what happened. Yeah. Just we got dropped off the call. We were watching the chat and said all of a sudden VMware is not on the call any longer. So we dialed back in. So here we are. Sorry about that, Eric. It's a talk show. I heard it was a talk show feature. Yeah, it is a talk show feature. It's called Russian Cap Roulette. Right? You just never know. <laughs> and uh, we, we talk about using new technology. We might actually move to Twitch. Um, that's what we're, we're investigating now is maybe we're just going to go Twitch because we do the live stream. So if, if you're watching the call, uh, thanks to everybody on Facebook that are watching us live stream on the video camera. Uh, but we might actually you know, move off of talk show if we can get a multi-chat environment where people can come in. Uh, that's good. So, Eric, we were talking about the uh, um, some of the engagements you're doing out in the field. Is this mostly a, just an education in, in uh, engagements that you're seeing right now, or do you do you see some customers actually starting to use Lifecycle Manager? I, it's a one one product, so I can't imagine that it's it's in the enterprise very deep at this point. But what do your engagements look like? Do you guys actually have anyone uh, attempting to use this at this point? We have the first customers now now uh, using it. Um, uh, now it's a, now it's version one point one, and it has m more features like the in product marketplace. Um, and um, uh, it it really helps them. Um, and I have big customers who is uh, using it, um, and they really like the especially the feature of upgrading and patching uh, like a whole realized environment. Um, so uh, it's it's starting to get there. It's it's quite it's quite new. Um, I try to use it at every proof of concept I go to. Um, I start with with lifecycle manager because it it uh, not only makes my life a lot easier, but 
I think it's it's got great value for the customer. Um, and and like I said, version one dot two uh, will be even even better. So I think it's it's going to ramp up. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so upgrading and patching. I'm gonna just explain that a little bit. Like I get the templates. I get what you're doing. Um, so then you build a template that has the uh, an upgrade to the stack, or does that come with? Is there a way to integrate a new a new payload list in an existing template, or do you make a new template that's going to then upgrade and patch a, a certain payload? How does that work? You can, um, so you create an environment, and in an environment you can select which versions you want to combine, and it now supports the current version and one version back. Um, and um, when you want to upgrade, you, you uh, like I said in the beginning, you um, pointed to a location where the OVAs are located. Um, so you just download the new OVAs and put them in the in the repository. And in the environment you already created, say upgrade these components to that version, um, and you're good to go. And it's it's it will be it will upgrade the entire environment for you. Nice, nice. Yeah, I can see where that'd be very useful. There's also, which is uh, always a big issue, um, especially in larger environments where there are a lot of dependencies. There's also like the, um, how do you call that? The uh, compatibility matrix is included uh, in, in VV Large Lifecycle Manager so you can see which versions are compatible uh, with uh, other versions of, uh, of uh, other products. Um, so you don't end up in a, in an unsupported situation. Nice, nice. I see in the blog you also have system requirements. We should touch on that for a minute. Um, looks like it's just uh, need a VM, need to be on vCenter Server 6.0 or 6.5, and ESXi 6.0 or 6.5, uh, two virtual CPUs, 16 gig of memory, 127 gigabyte of storage. That's the only one that stands out. Two vCPUs, that makes sense. 16 gigabyte memory, that makes sense. But 127 gigabyte of storage, uh, wow, I guess that's not that much nowadays. Um, but it is uh, interesting that what are they... For, what for are they, simple appliance, yeah. Yeah, they must deliver, do they deliver bits there? That wouldn't be templates. What do you, what do you burn 127 gigabytes on? I have no idea what, what's oh. in there. So I, the... I the OVAs are not in there. It's uh, the locate the OVAs on on a NFS share, for instance. Um, so um, uh, yeah. the the OVAs are not in that 127 gigs. Right. So that's just the that's just the product itself. I guess you know you have the HTML5 stuff uh, that's there. I mean, you got the app itself. Um, maybe just a lot of web. It's a, it's a, it's all based on the HTML5 client. I would assume, right? Yeah, uh, the the new uh, it's all in the new GUI, uh, like all the really last products, and I also think the new uh, the new VShare client, like the, the Clarity UI. So it's I guess, uh, I guess it still has to have an OS there, right? Because it's a VM, so you have to have an OS, um, certain amount of space. I wonder what it runs on. I wonder if it runs on Fusion or what what OS actually is sitting there when when you spin that VM up. Have you seen that? Do you know the answer to that one? If this runs on Fusion, um, you okay. could probably do that. But uh, normally, you would use that on uh, just a vSphere environment. Again, it's a vSphere environment. 
that you're running a VM on, right? But you're running this as an appliance that runs, um, maybe it just plugs into vCenter. Uh, I'm just wondering wh- whether it's a VM that's running, it must boot an OS, probably it's a, a must be an OS running in, on the VM that uh, Lifecycle Manager is running on, right? So, or does it just plug into the vRealize suite infrastructure? Don't know the answer to that one. Maybe somebody in the chat knows yeah. the answer to that. No. Um, Last time I checked, it was on Fusion. Um, VRealize Automation 7.2.3, it all works with versions of that, so your blog is pretty complete there, so like that. Um, getting back to blogs now, um, you guys are all releasing blogs, so um, how do you determine what's going to be next? Like this was in December. Do you have newer blogs that you're working on? Did you release any new blogs? Uh, what's your cadence for blog release as of the expert? Um, it's, it's, that's actually a nice question. And yesterday we had the, the Dutch VMUG, um, so the, the, the user conference. Um, and we had a VExpert session with uh, Amy Lewis. And that was ah. one of the points that, ca- that, that, that came up. Um, so Amy was doing their, her tech sessions over there in a, in a real Back to the Future DeLorean. Um, and she did a lunch session with, uh, I think, uh, 40 to 50 Dutch V experts. Um, and I think most of the people do a like a weekly or two weekly cadence to be to to be up to date and be relevant. Um, at the, at VM Guru, we try to do a, a post every week, but um, uh, since we're with six people, that's that's quite easy. So we set up a schedule so everyone has his own uh, uh, slot once every six weeks. And um, if there's uh, there's news, like uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Martijn uh, threw in a blog on the Velo uh, Cloud on VMR vSphere um, right. that was just released um, and just throw it in. So we try to have a blog every week and what what comes uh, comes. Uh, um, Additional to that, we just throw it in. We have, uh, but yeah. we try to have it every every week. Yeah, that's a really good strategy. Uh, I know. Also, we 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 look at blogs, and you you want to spin up a blog, but uh, how many articles can you do? One every six weeks is as a nice tempo. Right. Yeah, no, it's awesome, and and it's one of the reasons why uh, VM Guru is featured on our homepage is because they're getting out blog. You guys are getting out blogs like every three to five days, from what I've seen. Um, I think your last one was on the 10th before that. It was a pretty regular cadence. And uh, I also want to say congrats on the 10-year V-Expertship. That's awesome, Eric. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and, and now um, all, I believe there are all eight, all eight of you are now certified. Dimitri as well? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, Dimitri as well. So he achieved his goal. <laughs> So that, that's a, just a really neat model, right, of, you know, getting a team of people. We yeah. do that on CloudCred where you have the Italy team. You have various guys that get together and kind of work as a block. Um, but from a block perspective, that's actually a really neat model because I think that's one of the biggest challenges people have is what is the cadence of their blog? How often can they do articles? When we look at the experts, a lot of times they only have three articles in a year, right? Maybe, maybe you know, push it. You can do one every other month, which is which is pretty good. You guys are if you're doing one every six weeks, that's that's awesome, right? That's um, one every month and a half, right? Um, I've seen some of the guys that they, they do six a year. That's one every other month. That's pretty. That's a pretty good cadence. But 
aggregating them up into one blog property like VM Guru, where you have a team of people, five or six people that are running a blog, that's actually a really neat concept. Yeah, and it brings a lot of credibility too, I think. So if, when it's a whole team of experts, that's that's totally up-leveling the, the status of the blog. And um, I also think it's interesting. Um, it seems like you guys kind of pick and choose topics and, and write them individually, but um, I've noticed there are a few that, that are at least co-authored. And uh, I mean, that's great in itself because you're bringing different backgrounds of expertise to, uh, to one topic. So, so not only is the, the cadence of your blog up-leveled, but you're also able to um, address a topic from a variety of backgrounds. Yeah, the nice thing is that everyone has his own specialty. So um, we have Sander who is still working, or still working, who is working at a VMware partner. Edwin works at Veeam. Uh, Dimitri and I work at, at VMware, both cloud management specialists. Um, and um, uh, we have Martijn. Martijn is an NSX specialist. So you have a whole variety of um, uh, of, of, of different topics and different expertises. So. Yeah, like that. Um, I think Netherlands, for whatever reason, is special. I don't, I don't know why that is, right? Like, you guys are always active. Um, must be just the team hit critical mass, and now you guys are, are there. And um, Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great model. I think we should talk to other people about it right now, so let's see if we can get... Other people, because I, we even get that inside of VMware, where um, we, a lot of guys come want to do a blog article, and and then you're like, okay, they they spin one up, we get like five articles out of them, and then they go dead, right? Mm -hmm. And so we might want to actually try to uh, promote that model, where when people come to a blog article, we go, hey, for you know storage or other places, here's where a blog is. Let's get blogger teams together and try to get you know, a, a regular cadence where you can come in and read about a given technology from a team of people so that you can come in once every other week or so and there's a new article that you can digest right, on that given subject. It's a really neat idea. Absolutely yep. yep. Well, Eric, uh, it's, been, it's been great to have you on the show, and uh, we, we appreciate all the work that you guys do on the blogs. And we're always looking at the blog articles, trying to get you guys more traffic, um, and I like I like that you're you're doing it. You should be reward for it. And you know, reward is uh, affecting people and getting them to understand what you've already experienced. So thanks for putting the time in and and working on that. What's going to be your next article? Um, still thinking about it. We're at VMware. We're um, now in the in the the cloud services is a big thing, um, and we have some overlap with the on-prem products. So maybe. Uh, we'll do an article on, um, uh, so for instance, you have the, the cost insight versus uh, the realized business for cloud on-prem. When to choose what products. Um, you have realized operations versus wavefront. Um, so may, maybe like a comparison article, um, so they're the, kind of the same solutions, but um, for different use cases. So something like that. So in the cloud space, before we let you go, I did uh, watch Pat Gelsinger uh, give a pretty interesting talk with Raghu Raghavaran on uh, cloud services. It's kind of our cloud, our cloud roadmap as we go forward. I can't really talk too much about the cloud roadmap because it's not out yet. Um, but I would say that I'm, I'm pretty impressed with the number of things that are showing up as cloud offerings, right, where instead of me needing to set up a, a lot of software, I can just go consume it already pre-configured 
and managed uh, on a cloud platform. Um, so are you guys selling vRealize products in cloud offerings versus on-prem offerings? Uh, I mean, I think when I look at this article, it's really, you know, we're talking about on-prem and system cap- capabilities. Um, but are you starting to move into the, the cloud uh, business around the vRealize product set? I don't know if you can talk anything about yeah, that yet. Yeah, that's there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's like you said, it's difficult to talk about that. We had a, um, a, right. a CMBU get together last November in Santa Clara, uh, where we uh, were introduced to the the, the cloud services uh, uh, roadmap, and there are a few great things on the way, uh, which we uh, cannot talk about right now. But it's very impressive, um, and. Uh, it's it's starting to get it to catch on uh, here in the Netherlands. So, um, yeah, the, I, I, we have and and the cloud services um, are coming to Europe, so we can, we can start to to introduce them to the customers. So, yeah, and I, I think when you have secure networking like NSX uh, in place, where you actually have a good cloud strategy, uh, where you can have connectivity between you know servers in the cloud versus servers in your data center. Then management apps that are running in the cloud, it doesn't really matter, right? Like then all of a sudden I don't have to set it up. I can just consume it. As long as I have that network infrastructure from, you know, a, a cloud environment like AWS or IBM and, uh, you know, my data center where then I can use these services, then, you know, as long as we get comfortable with that, then I think, uh, you know, the sky's the limit on being able to run various services wherever I need to get them, and I don't need to necessarily install them, set them up, configure them, and put them on-prem. I can just go use pre-configured services from a, a, a variety of cloud environments as long as I have that secure network infrastructure set up. So are you spending time in the NSX fabric world in order to enable that environment for cloud services? Um, NSX is not, not my specialty. I have a, a great specialist like Mark Tyne for that. Um, right. But but it's but it's um, it is part almost, of that almost yeah 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 and um, but like I said the, the next article I'm I'm, I'm thinking about um, it's it's the SaaS form tractor is great um, but it's like for for certain use cases so if you compare Wavefront to realize operations realize operations is more like a infrastructure management and monitoring. Where Wavefront is also management and monitoring, but more like a cloud native, uh, cloud native application um, uh, uh, use case. So it's it's really dependent on the use case where to position or the on-prem products or the the SaaS products. So it's um, yeah, but it's a, it's a it's a changing world and and uh, great things coming in the in the next months and years. So. Yeah, that, that's what I would say is that I was actually pretty excited about the, you know, the roadmap and kind of things that I've been seeing. And I, I feel like we need to talk to IT admins. There's, there's a couple trends happening that I think are going to be really interesting and fun for all of us. One is the DevOps automation, right, where, you know, you're going to spend less of your time sitting around installing, you know, and you're going to be managing through automation and, you know, automating to some degree. So that's one trend. And the second trend is the cloud trend, right, which is, just consuming these automated services uh, out on the out online versus needing to spend a lot of time setting them up and managing them. I can just have them set up and managed in my cloud service, and then I can run my data center that way, and it makes my data center much more dynamic. So, it's two trends that I think are pretty interesting for IT admins, right in general. 
Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out for that blog post since we're uh, we're featuring community content on on the cloud community, and that that sounds like an awesome candidate, especially if you talk about Wavefront. All right. Well, Eric, thanks a lot for staying up uh, in the evening and uh, doing that extra work for us and writing all the blogs and tell all the Netherland team that we said hello. And I can't wait to have you guys back on and talk about some more of your articles. Really cool stuff. You're very welcome. And I th- I see Michelle Leverick is uh, uh, wanting to come back to the Dutch VMAX. So let's uh, let's set it, set it up for next year. We do some session in English then. Yeah, yeah, Michelle. Good to see you on the chat. Uh, always, always fun to see Michelle show up. She's been uh, a long time ecosystem participant and uh, a podcaster, and uh, you know, over time, part of John Troyer and the, the the communities podcast. I think if you look at our communities uh, image icon, I think we have all the famous people on that icon that we send out every year um, or every week. We, we we have that icon. If you look close at all the faces. They're at an angle, and they're not random faces. They're all people that have been on the podcast, part of the podcast, part of the ecosystem. And uh, Michelle was also in there. We should probably get an updated picture of Michelle so that we, we do, the, do that some justice. But um, it's always good. Um, yeah, we, we, we know, you know we're in the chat. We got the last minute or two. Eric, thanks for being on the show. Your Twitter handle, uh, just to say that again, is at VMGuru. So even though it's a shared... Uh, VM Guru website, you seem to have the Twitter handle for it, so go you. I, ju- I just don't have uh, have a personal one, so I use that one. It's a group Twitter. Got it. Uh, nice. Well, Eric, thanks a lot for being on the show. Michelle, thanks for stopping by and saying hi. Let us know if we can get you on on a subject. That would be good. Uh, see your wikis out there on vSphere uh, 6. Cool. Um, VM Wiki at michellelaverick.com. So you can go check that out if you guys want to. And we are at the top of the hour. Thanks a lot for everybody uh, coming in and saying hi. We're here every week. Always like to see people. And uh, we will be on again next week. So we'll see you then. Until then, have a, have a great week, and we will watch the color of the bay. <laughs>